Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Want to win awesome Mold Matters swag? Leave the guys a question in the comments section of YouTube, and if they choose your question to answer, they will send you some custom Mold Matters gear. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mold Matters podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans, alongside my main man, Mike Adams. Hi, Jerry. I'm guessing you want me to put this microphone by my face. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I just I just picked up your sign language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Point. Yeah. You need those mics, yeah. Mike. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah? How's your I'm, mold? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm how's, good. How's your mold? My personal mold or my... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mold in my client's homes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You're yeah. You're anyways. We're 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 glad to be with you guys today. Um we've got a good podcast in store. But before we do that, Mike, we had uh we wanted to we wanted to do a little more audience interaction on the podcast. We'll we'll see how it goes. But we did have a comment on our one of our more recent episodes from a guy named Just L O L. It's probably not his real name. But he's got a question for you. I want to hear your answer. Is that you don't think it's short for J Lo? No. Okay. Well, so no. she probably doesn't. Yeah, no, it could be though. She's probably not a listener. <laughs> but she has to hide her name in a yeah. way that we I don't, don't even know who J Lo is. I just know that name. <laughs> just low L O L. J Lo. Okay. J Lo wants to know is mold colonization possible in the gut? Mm-hmm. Let me keep going. I've been trying to detox in a relatively safe house, but I'm getting worse. Some doctors online say gut colonization is possible. What are your thoughts on that? Dr. Adams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me preface this by I am not a doctor. Um, and so don't, do not rely on us for any kind of health advice. But I think clearly um, through my studies and people I've talked to over the years, yeah, absolutely mold will colonize in your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think more and more studies are coming out that I've read that show that just how important that that microbiome is in your stomach. Yeah. Like 95% of all serotonin yeah. is generated in your gut. Yeah. So if you have overgrowth of, you know, a bad mold or overgrowth of any kind of mold or a mm-hmm. bad bacteria, it's going to throw your, throw your health into a kind of a whirlwind. And didn't you, you know, we, we had uh, Dr. Neil Nathan at our convention two conventions ago. And we both read his book. I didn't, you said in his book, he mentioned gut colonization as a thing, in his opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Too, I can't remember it verbatim, but he did mention that, um, you know, there's two schools of thought. One is that people are exposed to the mycotoxins, which is making them sick. He kind of alluded more. In fact, the way I read it was, no, people are exposed to the mold spores in their home. The mold spores are colonizing in their gut. Yeah, because whatever you breathe in can end up in the back of your throat, and then you swallow and it ends yeah. up in your gut, oh, yeah. or it colonizes in your sinuses. Yeah, yeah, I do know some of the mold illness doctors rely on antifungals that they they predominantly focus on the sinus yeah. area to spray up into your nose and get into your sinuses. Yeah, in the early, and, I I read about this the they called it the death triangle. Have you heard of that? No. You try if you. If you draw a line at the top of your nose, uh-huh. between your eyes, down on an angle to the side of your mm-hmm. mouth, then to the other side, and then back up, you form a little triangle. 
Yeah. Try it with a Sharpie sometime. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's early 1900s. They used to call that the, the death triangle. In other words, the, the, the major school of thought was that's where most of disease occurs or gets into your system. Yeah. It's through that area. Yeah, mouth, nose. That's, yeah, that's makes the sense. main opening. Yeah. yeah. And as we know from, you know, I was thinking of mold testing. You're going to have most mold around where the source of the mold is, right? Yeah. Similar. I mean, the mold's getting in your body there. So right. It's going to colonize. It's going to, it's going it's to absorb in into that yeah. area more than in other areas probably. Yeah. But yeah, and I'll just so, throw in that I said, we said this before on podcast, but the three requirements for mold to grow are all abundantly available inside our bodies, which yeah. is moisture, nutrition, which mm-hmm. is your, you know, your food, whatever, your own tissue, your, your or blood or whatever. Yeah. In fact, remember, we, we did a big um, study with, uh, experiment with Element Labs, and they used sheep's blood. Yeah, 5% to, sheep's blood. To help, you know, culture mold yeah. spores. That's how they get it to really yeah. grow. They add a little sheep's yeah, blood. Yeah, we asked them about it. They said it just... It grows very nutrient rich, very nutrient rich. Yeah. So yeah, you got your blood, you got other random nutrients in your body, you got moisture and then you have oxygen. Yeah. Those are the three and it's dark. And yeah. And it's fairly a, dark. I think there was a constant war going on in your body to, for your good microbes to win out over the bad microbes. Yeah. And if that balance gets messed up, it could be a long haul to get well again. Yeah. Particularly if you're living in a moldy home where you keep adding to the bad stuff mm-hmm. you know we'll have doctor right on the podcast or one of these doctors that we've had again and we can maybe dive into that deeper yeah but thanks just j-lo as as mike would say j-lo thanks for the question um we welcome many other questions if i'd you... like to i'd like to officially apologize to any doctor that i've offended <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to pretend i'm a doctor here if you uh if you do make comments on any of the podcasts be nice um, on youtube be nice <laughs> but any questions um you feel free to to comment on those and we'll try and address them in the podcast or we can just reply to them either okay. way um let's get into the real meat of the the conversation mike no pun intended yeah, that is very punny <laughs> yeah it was, it was punny it was good um and and our our um, producer actually asked me before the podcast what's the name of this podcast and i said mm-hmm. moldy sandwiches yes yes and i just thought you know Everyone's eating a mold, moldy sandwich before you get into it, and you're like, this bread's moldy. You ever had that? I don't think I have, Jer, honestly. Oh, okay. Although, I will say this. <laughs> think about this. I thought about this the other day when I was getting a piece of bread out of the pantry. You've eaten a piece of moldy bread before, right? On accident. Uh, probably. I'm sure I have. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. But, so, when you pull a piece of bread out of the, the bread bag yeah. to toast it or whatever... You know, we don't really panic until we see, visibly see mold on the bread. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I, thank, th- thank I goodness my this. wife is Miss Expiration Date. Uh-huh. You know, and she will throw things away left and right because it's past the expiration date. But if she was out of town or whatever, I wouldn't look at the expiration date. Yeah. I would just look at that looks like a good piece of bread. Yeah, right. But the fact of the matter is you can't even see mold until you've got over a million within a... Square, Square inch. inch, a million spores. Yeah. So, <laughs> how much bread are we? How much that's molded? Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, it's, it's one day before it shows up. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so it's got nine hundred thousand. Thank per goodness we only inch. had. Yeah, we only ate nine hundred thousand <laughs> spores that day. Per square inch of per the bread. Per square inch of the bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really good point. 
Yeah. And and all joking aside, I wasn't really talking about real no. um, eating sandwiches, no. Mike. Well, why don't you introduce yeah, this so concept we, of sandwiches? Yeah, what we are talking about over the years, we've discovered, and maybe it's just some people, it's just common sense, but the real problem areas in a home relative to mold and moisture are whenever you have two or more substrates sandwiched together back to back oh, hence, I see hence, what you're saying. hence the word of <laughs> or hence the name sandwich only sandwich so an example yeah. would be we've we've treated homes where for some crazy reason they decided to put sheetrock up against sheetrock yeah whether it be soundproofing or whatever yeah um that is very problematic yeah because if you do have a flood that moisture is going to wick up between those between the two pieces yeah between the between the meat and the cheese <laughs> <laughs> and it cannot air out yeah it just it's going to take forever so we started listing some examples of sandwiches in the house yeah there's many places where you have potential dangerous moldy sandwiches so yeah, yeah the, the the two pieces of sheetrock yeah Panel, paneling 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 is horrendous paneling from the when, when did that start was that 70s oh yeah okay so 70s yeah, hey, when, 60, I, was 70s a, when I was a kid my my mom and dad redid my bedroom for me mm -hmm. and i remember they hired a guy to install paneling mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway long story short he did not do a great job mm -hmm. and the paneling kind of shrunk when it got cold yeah. he installed it during the heat of the summer when it got cold oh. it shrunk a little bit yeah. So I had these white stripes between every piece of four by eight paneling. Oh. Because <laughs> you could see the wall then. Was it at least kind of looked like he intentionally did it? Uh, no, no, not at all. It oh. looked really bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, when you have those big sheets of paneling. Yeah. And then, like you're saying, it's stuck. They just stick it. They just yeah, glue they glue it. it. Yeah, he, they, glu he glued it. Yeah. And it's still, you, they glue it to the sheetrock. Yeah. And that glue is a food source too. But right. For the mold. And a but, toxin. And a toxin. Yeah. So when you get that water, especially that paneling, because it's usually not a breathable material, right? right. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it just suffocates it the heck suffocates out of it. Also, wallpaper. And wallpaper. Matter. Yeah, we did a... Good point. We did a hotel years ago um, in Ogden, Utah, where they were going to renovate a few rooms in this. This was like an 11-story tower that had, I think it was like 40 rooms on each floor. And they started tearing down some of the wallpaper, and they realized, oh, my word... It's completely black behind all the wallpaper. Mm -hmm. So I, at the time, I, I think I still believe this was the case, but it was the kind of wallpaper that you cut off the section, soak it in water, and then pull it up. Yeah. And it sticks. Yeah. I think their water was just full of mold. And then it just grew behind there. Yeah. I That was my guess anyway. Yeah, so that wallpaper almost serves as a little sandwich between the wall. Yeah. And... That would be more like lettuce. That's like an open-faced sandwich almost. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's an open-faced sandwich just with lettuce on it. Or <laughs> a wrap. A, yeah, a wrap. A wrap. Yeah, <laughs> lettuce wrap. Yeah. Um, so then there's um, uh, baseboards. That's baseboards. a big one we see. Like yeah. if you have a, a leak. Or, I mean, because whenever you have a leak or a flood, you know, gravity's taking the water down to the ground level. Right. And then those baseboards get it wet. It just starts wicking. And then it wicks yeah. into the wall. And then right between the baseboard and the sheetrock. You know, I've seen it many times where there's no sign of mold until you take off the baseboard. Yeah. And then and you're like, oh. Yeah. Similar kind of with, right. you know, you talked about the, the double sheetrock thing that people yeah. have done. It's like 
the back looks good the, the front looks good yeah. then you pull the pieces apart and you're like oh, oh my word yeah wow that's a very moldy sandwich yeah um, it gives you an idea of just how small mold is yeah to be able to get in there yeah. see that's why i had it i think i told you my neighbor all all, all the houses on my row got flooded last year mm -hmm. in our basements because of tons of rain and snow and my neighbors came over and showed me their new remodeling job and they're like they had gotten water about an inch high all the way across the basement yeah and they were showing me how the the company uh, disaster relief company had come in and done everything they brand new and i was like oh it's amazing well, I get down there and I'm not feeling well. I'm feeling mm -hmm. like there's can, some mold. You can in, tell. I can yeah. tell there's mold in there. And I'm like, so what did they do? Yeah. Like they tore out the carpet and, you know, put new carpet in and pad. And I was like, what about? What, what else did they do? <laughs> well, it was, it was an yeah. inch high for how right. long, you know? Yeah. And they're like, well, they said because the, the water didn't get above the baseboards to the sheetrock. Oh, yeah. That baseboard is waterproof. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So it yeah. wouldn't be behind the walls or the, because the baseboards. God, thank just, goodness they used that uh, new baseboard. I know. That yeah, new that, waterproof baseboard. <laughs> sealed real tight. I know. It's a, so It's a polyurethane polyurethane base baseboard. It's great. Yeah. Good stuff. I didn't, I still haven't had, I don't. You don't have the heart to tell them. I have the heart to tell them, but I'm, I'm confident that at least that's probably part of it. Behind that baseboard, yeah. I bet if you peeled those off, you'd see some mold. So baseboards, and then we've talked about where the, on, where the stud and and where the stud butts into the sheetrock right? right there's there's yeah. a i guess it's technically one and three-fourths inch right those aren't technically two by fours one and right. three-fourths inch mm -hmm. stud meets the sheetrock right it's not breathing very well there yeah, and then the base there. plate too yeah. where it touches the sheetrock it really comes down to anywhere anywhere where you have a surface that air can't freely pass over yeah you got a problem if there's water yeah Anywhere that's you, we were talking about this before, where where it's it's kind of tight and contained, right? Yeah. Like I mean, every every wall cavity is is this. Yeah, and we made it we made it much much worse by deciding that we should wrap their houses yeah. with this, you know, plastic wrap yeah. to to keep a hotter in the winter and cooler in the summer. It yeah. just created an environment where there no air can pass through that wall cavity. I'll give you another example. When I was, um, you'll remember this, but I was um, at a house and I I definitely started feeling really weird in this room upstairs. And lo and behold, I looked up to the ceiling and saw just a little hint of water damage. Yeah. Go up into the attic. Yeah. There's, of course, a foot and a half of insulation. Mm -hmm. And I kind of lined up to where that spot was. And I, I go over there. And it looked like, yeah, maybe some water had leaked from the roof. I start peeling away all this insulation mm -hmm. and then when i get to the sheetrock which was the ceiling right lo and behold black i start seeing black yeah i peel away more and more and more before i know it there's about a four foot um diameter circle yeah. of black and you know i thought about it because it wasn't a ton of water it looked like but i think it was this concept of it can't breathe yeah that yeah. it was a foot and a half of insulation on there just suffocating it yeah and the other thing about sheetrock i think we've mentioned this before on podcasts but the crazy thing about sheetrock is gypsum has just the right um what's the word for it properties mm -hmm. where it takes in the water but then it releases it really slowly yeah so it's not going to dry out fast because the gypsum's hanging on to it yeah 
so that paper becomes wet for a long, long time and it's constantly fed with the wicking process kind of working backwards. Yeah. Back into the paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's a good sponge. Yeah. And sponges, as you know, you hate sponges. I hate We've sponges. brought that up many yeah. times. On they don't dry out very easily. No. I mean, if you squeegee them and whatever, you got a fighting chance, but you can't. And then, really and then you just wall. inserted mold into your skin by <laughs> yeah. squeezing that sponge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so, another one, another one we thought of um, kitchen cabinets. I, you know, I'm thinking of a basement kitchen that we did, you know, six months ago. Well, anyways, they had a leak upstairs in the laundry room, came down you know, behind all these kitchen, yeah. kitchen cabinets. Right. And sure enough, just, just, yeah, the cabinets pinned up against the wall and it's just real tight. Yeah. And everywhere where water went that I could see, there was no mold, but behind those cabinets. Yeah. That's it just where the, it can't dry out. It just yeah. can't dry out. So yeah, it's crazy. Same with, um, we talked about flooring. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, talk um, about that. Um, well, whether you have tile or or hardwood floor or whatever, um, you've got. Let's take tile for example. Okay, tile. You're gonna have tile, and then underneath the tile, if they do it right, there's gonna be some kind of a cement underlayment. Yeah, those. Yeah. And then under that, you're gonna have the subfloor, which is like OSB. So actually, that's a more like a. That's more like I just thought about this. That's more like a Big Mac. You know how the Big Mac has the, the bun. Oh. And then the center bun, yeah, and then the bottom bun, yeah. That tile floor is a big mac, big, big moldy mac, big moldy mac, yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's really problematic, and and I know a lot of times people think, I think I think we're okay, I think we got to try it out, yeah. but you got to be really careful because it's it's a disaster waiting to happen three or four years down yeah the road because that moisture is going to stay in there for a long, long time. Yeah. And, and this is kind of the thing we, we talked about before. They often use your standard moisture meter right. on, yeah. to, to see if it's dried out right. and dried out quickly enough. Right. Well, I've talked to, I talked to the Protimeter, probably the biggest moisture meter company in the U.S. Is that the guy's name? Pro Timeter? Yeah. Yeah. Pro. Good guy. Pro Tim. Mr. Mr. Timeter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, <coughs> Anyways, he's like, those those moisture meters go about, well, there's some really, really high-tech ones, I think, that go deeper, but most of the ones that most of us are using in the industry go about a fourth inch. Yeah. So, when you're talking a Big Mac sandwich, right. yeah, which nice. is yeah. multiple layers, Yeah. I mean, so if you dry it out until, until the moisture meter reads, you know, you're dry, it's very likely even, I, it ha it, that, those middle layers have to be still wet. Yeah. Now, there are some tricks of the trade where you can take that moisture meter. Let's st stay with the scenario where you've got tile. You could take that moisture meter clear to the other side of the room where you're quite certain there was no water over there. Yeah. And get a reading and then walk the moisture meter back and kind of get, kind of create a map of the floor of yes. where the moisture is because it should still show, even if it's... Even if the center of the Big Mac is still wet, but the top feels dry, it should still show a subtle a difference. Spike. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you just have to be really careful well, with those. Especially initially, right? Yeah. If you really want to trace, and you you should use a moisture meter to, your favorite word, map it out. Yeah. Moisture mapping. 
Yeah, it's uh, another good way of saying that is to figure out where the water's been. Map <laughs> <laughs> it out. <laughs> but it sounds really cool to say moisture mapping. Yeah, or water, ma water mapping. Water mapping. Yeah. Water mapping. So it's good to map it out because you know if you are gonna have to take out some flooring to get some you know to air it out or yeah. get to the mold, you may not have to take all the flooring out. Right. And kind of like you're saying, if you start on the dry end that you know didn't get water, yeah. and move inward. And you can kind of start to see a line where yeah. where it gets wet, or thermal cameras. But mm -hmm. you know, for for an average homeowner, they could go to Home Depot and buy a moisture meter for twenty, thirty bucks, yeah. and then do that themselves instead yeah. of buying a thermal camera. Which is and a thermal camera, you're still going to look and say, "Oh, I suspect something's going on right here." Uh -huh. And then you go out to your truck and get your twenty dollar moisture meter <laughs> make sure. <laughs> to make sure you're right. To yeah, make sure absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, um, oh, the other thing we were talking about, Jeremy, is anytime you create, like, I don't know a good way to explain this, but confined, uh, yeah, space confined, space. like a confined space. Let me give you a perfect example is the house you and I did a couple of times. We had to go back and remediate it because they just had multiple, multiple problems they didn't tell us about. Yeah. And, and every time we finished it, we were like, I don't know, it still doesn't feel right. Something's still wrong. We talked to the homeowner again or the homeowner's kids and they're like, oh, did we not tell you about this leak here or this flood here or. Yeah, they were just. Anyway, they had a situation where they had a shower in the master bedroom and the builder decided, you know, what would be cool is if we make that a steam shower. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll just build it like a regular shower with sheetrock. So the only thing they did different from a regular shower is the space that's above the shower door that is usually open so you can steam will pass in and out and everything will dry out quickly yeah they box that in with sheetrock yeah so they they essentially built a square frame above the shower door and then put sheetrock on each side and suspended that above the door yeah. so that it was all enclosed yeah. well that created just an absolute mess because you've got that interior space right next to a steam shower yeah and there's no way water or air can get in there to dry things out it's yeah. a terrible idea anyway but that was a hundred times worse than it needed to yeah. be because they built that box yeah. confined spaces again yeah. kind of what you were saying earlier where, where there's absolutely no airflow and nowhere for if it does get wet there's nowhere for the air for yeah i mean there's nowhere yeah. no way to it's air just it stagnant out. air stagnant yeah. air we've yeah. we've talked about that with cold storage yeah um spaces that are common here in in the west when you don't put ventilation in there yeah and then you really tar up the foundation and it gets real steamy in there yeah it's yeah in fact i a real good friend of brandon's uh -huh. called me the other day and he has a beautiful home <clears throat> up in morgan and he called me and said hey mike i gotta have you come look at this cold storage room it's it's just black with mold on the walls so we went up there and sure enough no ventilation at all uh -huh. they hadn't cut a vent in it at all and uh he was kind of funny. He's like, should I just frame it in? I said, no, I, yeah. <laughs> he said, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> that will take it from bad to really, really, really bad. And then you will not yeah. see it. Right. I said, yeah. now you will, will have no, no idea how bad it how is. Bad it is yeah. Plus, whatever error could get to it in the past can't. Yeah. So, yeah, we got to get him taken care of this week. Yeah. So, um, anyways, that's kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I think... Kind of back to the sandwich idea. So obviously our our homes are full of sandwiches, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These 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 places where mold 
if water gets there, it's going to create that that space, that tight space that's hard to breathe. What What's your recommendation when you're facing scenarios where sandwiches are happening and it's getting wet between two pieces of substrate? Um, well, my number one thought is don't try to minimize things by just thinking I'll just put a fan on it and it should be okay. Yeah. Try to expose everything as quickly as you can. Yeah. Once you've got care. moisture to get it dried out just as quick as you can. Yeah. Um, it's gonna. I promise you, it's gonna come back to burn you mm -hmm. if you if you try to cheap out of it. Yeah. Just because we've had people all the time say, "Yeah, we had a flood, but we put a fan on it. We think it's okay." Yeah. Probably probably not. You yeah. know, especially if it's the water was inside walls or for a long time. For yeah. a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you did nothing. Who knows how long it's going to take that to dry out if right. there's no fresh air. Right. Could yeah. be could be weeks, months, years even. Yeah. 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 So, say someone did neglect mm -hmm. and they let it go, you know, they didn't do anything, they didn't dry it out. What what does that person need to do or what? Yeah, they you, you, you at least need to get a little bit aggressive. Start pulling things back or cutting into the wall or pulling carpet back, pulling uh floorboards off yeah just to make sure you don't have issues in there yeah because maybe uh, again well we see it a lot in real estate where the person buying the house has no clue what happened in yeah. there right so it's a little bit harder to 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 figure out what you know like you said with the moisture meter right after it happened you can kind of figure out yeah you know but when you're buying a house and it was years ago I, it can no be, idea yeah it'd be hard to well you know, know that reminds me um tony and i just bought this house it was two or three years old when we bought it uh -huh. we moved in a couple years ago but in the garage the guy had kept all the paints the yeah. various colors yeah. you know yeah there's a there's a there's a can of kills mm -hmm. with those paints that really scares me like why did you have to have kills yeah. in this house and what did they not tell us yeah when we bought the house so yeah. someday yeah. we'll figure it out but yeah but that's a worry you yeah, know no, it is a worry we have we talked about kills on this podcast? I don't know. Well, I think we've mentioned it. Well, that's actually a good topic. We should yeah. talk about kills. Say that for, yeah. That's... yeah. Kills is a whole whole podcast yeah. we need to talk about. Anything else with sandwiches, Mike? I think that's a, I think that's cool. Uh, you kind of coined that term, I think. Do you? I think that should become a kind of a mold term, you know, mold sandwich. I like that, yeah. So, yeah. I think you're right. It's one of the most pro problematic spots in the home and. If you think in those terms of two substrates touching each other and creating that kind of barrier yeah. for air to get in there. Yeah, a good way to look at it is anywhere you have a surface in your home that fresh air can't pass over, mm -hmm. that's potentially a real problem spot. Yeah. Yep, and even, sorry, this is one last thought. Yeah. Even, you know, I'm thinking of high humidity areas or, yeah, high humidity areas. Oftentimes when they put their like dresser real tight against yeah. the wall or or even like a just a storage cardboard box or something yeah yeah, yeah storage it's, room it's, that gets stuffy yeah. it stops it stops the airflow against that wall and sure enough pull that box away from the wall and, and there's your mold there's yeah your mold yeah so if you're in a humid place i definitely recommend keeping i don't know what the proper distance would be at least at least a couple few inches though yeah. between you know that dresser or whatever that is and the wall Get, yeah uh, let, let some years ago i did there. some um student housing up in Salt Lake, mm -hmm. and the rooms were really small, so they pushed the the beds right up against the wall. Yeah, 
and every single one of them right where the corner of the headboard and the and the mattress came together kind uh -huh. of moldy every right. single one of them yeah yeah which is nice because that's right where your head is while you're sleeping <laughs> so yeah. that's great that's where yeah. you want it yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome um well Mike... hey, we sorry but um we got to give a shout out to archie from oh australia yeah he's one of our most avid listeners yes yeah we love archie yeah so. in fact we sent him a little little gift for how i think he's listened to every episode we've ever done yeah yeah so if, if anyone can match archie let us know we'll... yeah maybe we could Archie send you a little in, gift in Jindabai in Australia yep yeah Australia and and Mike I'm trying to do maybe we've already done a review but I'm trying to do a quick recap of the podcast yeah let's not do that this time no no I <laughs> no let's do that I guess we already kind of recapped it unofficially but yeah give me your give me your official concluding thoughts um just be aware when you do have water intrusion yeah. or even high humidity the, the obvious spots that can cause problems or or be very problematic and it's whenever you have oh, yeah. a we, surface in the home that air can't pass over easily yeah that's probably going to be your number one place where you're going to have a problem with mold yeah and so it's good to have that in mind if something happens you know focus your energy on those areas yeah like oh, okay my carpet got soaking wet Let's see if we can expose that to the right. air or the pad under there. Pull the sandwich back. Pull the sandwich back. Take the, the bun off. Back. Take the lettuce off. Take the cheese off. <laughs> Get everything yep. exposed. Yep. Yeah. So, well, awesome. Thanks, Mike, for yeah, thank uh, your you. insights. And um, we'll uh, we'll try and come up with another one of these in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.